Welcome back to Star Realms Minicast. Paul Solomon here, and we have a very exciting show today. Uh, Darwin Castle, co-creator of Star Realms, Magic the Gathering Hall of Famer, is on the program to discuss frontiers, hero realms, answer a handful of questions, a couple of your questions, and Darwin will be spoiling some never-before-seen cards here on the episode, so stay tuned for that. Uh, These are going to be a couple of promos, four promo ships, three-cost ships, one of each faction, that have a new mechanism called docking. So stay tuned, listen careful for that. Big thanks to Darwin. Let's flip over to that. Hello. Hey, Darwin. Thanks for joining us here on Star Realms Minicast. Oh, my pleasure. Glad we were able to set this up. So, as always, when I have guests on, we'll do a play and uh, discuss the strategy. But first, we have some questions for you. Sure. You're welcome to be as cagey as you like or uh, <laughs> give away as much as possible. Okay. All right. We got a couple write ins as well. I'll let you know who's asking the questions. But first, I have a specific question about playing Star Realms on the tabletop. Yep. Uh, my understanding is that the five cost print on the star market is just a misprint, pure and simple. Four was the intended cost. So when you play with that on tabletop, do you just house rule it at four? Uh, so it was printed originally as four. So like, for example, if you backed our first Kickstarter okay. and you got it, you got it as four. Got uh, it. it was only when it was reprinted that it was printed at five, which is both more surprising and more embarrassing because we're just like <laughs> we're just like okay we've already printed it once before just print it exactly the same way and uh, yeah. it would take me a long time to explain to you how that mistake <laughs> happened yeah right. uh you know it was explained to me and i was like oh well that's terrible let's never do that again um that's but, funny. but uh but yeah so it's embarrassing uh it was really printed for so that made sense to stick with it um and to be fair like Power level wise, the card's almost like four and a half. Yeah. yeah so, right. it, it, you know, and it's, it's not terrible to pay five for it. But yeah, we, we obviously would just play with the originally printed at four version. Uh-huh. But uh, frankly, we when we're testing new cards, we're rarely using that set anyways. Okay. The, the set with the fair. Star Market. So uh, another question, perhaps related to tabletop, perhaps not. How often do you play with events in, and what is your favorite event in the deck? Um, so uh, on tabletop, I rarely play with events, although recently we were testing some new events, which are uh, part of the product that you could get if you were backing the Frontiers Kickstarter. Okay. So it's not actually in Frontiers, but it's some of the promo cards you could get if you were a backer. Excellent. Um, and uh, those are pretty cool. But my, my favorite, um, at the at the risk of being boring, it's probably Quasar. Uh, I just uh-huh. really like drawing cards. Okay, that's fair. Fair. I suppose Comet's a bit of a controversial one because half the time, well, maybe not half, but some of the time you, you don't like seeing Comet. Right. Yeah, I mean, with sort of some, someone was, uh, you know, expressing some frustration. I think it was on the fan uh, Facebook fan page mm-hmm. about uh, one event recently about how, like, sometimes it's great for one player and terrible for the other. And, like, 
that's the case of a lot of events. It's sort of built yeah. in that like it's yeah. it's about when it happens, like sure. you know, and what the situation is. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So um this is a question from Kevin Bontrager. He he wants to know a bit about the overall design process for Star Realms and in particular um how you think about designing new mechanisms, when to add them, when to hold them off. For example, if you look at Dominion, they've gone through anything you could come up with, shuffling your discard deck in or paying costs to take special actions. Uh, what's kind of the Star Realms or White Wizard principle on that and how often to do it? Right. So we, we have a pretty minimalist approach. I mean, uh, we use a, a game design tool uh, we call simply the simple stick, mm-hmm. um, where basically w- when in doubt, we simplify and try and make it more elegant. Because the yep. thing is, uh, I, I remember uh, when we first shared Star Realms with our digital team, the head of the digital team was like, you know, May, maybe you should add some complexity to this game because you know make sure it has enough replay value because you know sure it, it's a cool game and all but like right. won't people quickly lose interest because it's so so simple <laughs> and uh, well, I, one of the things I explained to him was well the original version was way more complex oh. and uh, so we, we we hit this with the simple stick many times yeah. and and basically I think that's part of the appeal like the the we don't need complexity in the rules or the mechanics because uh, the complexity come or the uh, the desirable type of complexity comes from the gameplay mm-hmm. um, and and the decision making uh, as you try and make these cards interact. Like the cards themselves don't need to be that complex. Like there's right. a very limited number of things cards in Star Realms do, but that's that's mm-hmm. part of the beauty. And it also leaves lots of design space as. We roll, you know, when we make large, when we make new sets, we try to roll out at least something new, you know. Yeah. And uh, that that way, over time, you can make it as complex as you want to. So someone who's just getting into the game could buy, like, the base set and get it as simple as you want. Or you could buy, like, Colony Wars. And maybe there's a little wrinkle added. Like, Colony sure. Wars has cards that you can straight to, straight to your hand. Yeah. Or Frontiers it's a pretty basic set except for the fact that it has double ally. It doesn't have the straight to hand stuff from colony wars. You know, it doesn't have, you know, some of the other mechanics that other sets might have, but so anyone who's just breaking in can just have something simple and elegant and it's got tons of replay value. I'm sure I don't need to tell you, I, I played just the base set thousands of times and right. still, still enjoy it. Yeah, but, but if you, once you sort of got a good feel for it and are comfortable with it, as you design more complexity, you just combine sets. Mm-hmm. So you're so now you're combining all these different mechanics and stuff. But we generally don't add more than one mechanic per set, um, and that seems to be working fine. So um, in in frontiers, is loyalty basically the only new mechanism? I mean, there are specific cards that do something that's a little weird for a Star Realms card. But as far as just sort of a general mechanic for the set, yeah. Okay. Cool. Great. Um, so a similar question coming from Mark Zilla this time about Frontiers. As you designed or started to think about designing those mega ships, mm-hmm. um, what was that design process or did anything new get wrinkled in there and how did you keep them from being game breaking? And also just cost. Are they nine or eight? Uh, so we've created, uh, so most of them cost eight. Uh, so e- each um faction pair has an eight cost ship so like when you get the command deck 
for star and part blob, there's an eight cost ship that's, you know, yellow and green in that deck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for Kickstarter backers, we've also included a special nine cost card that uh, doesn't have, doesn't come with a specific faction. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but basically, um, you know, you take all of the existing like seven and eight cost ships, because these are all ships, and you look at their power level and what they can do, and you use that sort of as a jumping off point for designing, you know, new eight-cost ships. Uh, one of the things you have to keep in mind, which is something we kept in mind when we we're making Star Arms United, is anytime you make a ship that has more than one faction, and all these eight-cost ships have more than one faction, yeah, they need to be just a touch weaker than if they only had one faction. Yeah. Because they... Um, can not only can they trigger ally abilities from more than one faction, but if they have an ally ability, it can be triggered by more than one faction in most cases. So that alone inherently gives it slightly more power than a single faction card. Um, And so basically we want it to be similar to existing cards that cost power wise, but slightly less. The other thing we then have to think about is, well, what mechanics do those factions feature and how can we combine them? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so if we're uh, taking an eight cost card where one of the factions is machine cult, like maybe we want to make it something that's along the lines of the Wrecker or the Ark, you know, has that kind of feel to it. That's, yep. you know, a spectacular, expensive card for red. Um, but let's say um, it's. Uh, red blue you know trade federation maybe we want to add some uh, authority gain to it you know so uh maybe it's for it scraps a couple cards but for every card it scraps it gains some authority or something now darwin is that hypothetical or can we expect a coalition <laughs> card that will be sort of arky with some authority gain um th- that is uh you know without getting into too much specifics that's uh-huh. that's more than theoretical okay cool and, and i believe we've seen the red yellow out of the uh divine admiral lee Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. pack and that was to me felt like a pretty clear kind of arc blend with some discard going on right so basically that is the type of thing we, we that was basically how the approach went cool great um all right well let me switch over to the hero realm side because i have just a couple questions there okay um because obviously there's a comparison between the legendary commanders and the character packs over on that side sure um is there any any particular thing to be said about how these will compare to those sure so um they all right with the character packs um all of the starting cards are factionless much like a normal starting deck okay. uh, they just have a flavor a theme and a theme to them and a slightly higher power level mm-hmm. so the cards you get in a ranger deck or a cleric deck are slightly more powerful than you'd have in a normal hero realm starting deck. Plus they have a certain synergy and flavor to them that makes them feel appropriate. Plus you have uh, special abilities that are, you know, again, flavor wise relevant to that character type. So part, part of it's just the flavor that will then go well with the campaign Mm -hmm. when you're, when you're trying to make it feel like an RPG where, okay, we've got a party of adventures and I'm a ranger and you're a cleric or whatever. Um, But they, they are all factionless. And so there's no particular reason to choose cards of one faction over the other when you're actually playing the game Uh, with the, 
the commander, the legendary commander decks, uh, you have factions baked in. So, you know, if you're Commander Lee, you start with some cards that are in those colors. And not only do you start with cards that are in those colors, but you start with some uh, unaligned cards that have ally abilities in those colors, which is mm. something I don't believe we've done before. Right. So, like, you may have a card, uh, th- this is theoretical, but let's say you have a card that doesn't cost anything, it starts in your deck and gives you one trade, like a scout, sure. but has. Uh, you know, Imperial Ally three combat or something. Yeah, right. So uh, basically, sure, it, it in of itself doesn't trigger your ally abilities, but it gives you a reason to be more likely to take Star Empire cards. Right. So, cool. so like the character packs, the power level of the Star Index are a little better, and they have special abilities. In this case, they're gambits. So uh, one of mm-hmm. which will be a static gambit, one of which will be a scrapping gambit. Uh, and they're all, you know, themed with what the, those uh, factions like to do. Uh, but then you also actually have cards of that faction built right into your deck, which is, is definitely a significant difference to, like, uh, the, car- the cleric or the ranger or sure. the wizard. Or... Yeah. So, uh, on the one- so if you're playing Legendary Commander on Legendary Commander... Uh, you're highly motivated to go after your colors, but you're also tempted to go after their colors so they can't have them. It, it's just another cool. way of approaching, you know, what you're already tempted to do in, in awesome. Star Realms. That sounds great. So I have two more specific Hero Realms questions. The first is one I'm sure you get a lot. Tell me <coughs> if I'm missing something or Wizard is the weakest character pack. And then the second question is, um, why did you decide not to include any row scrapping in the abilities? Uh, those are both excellent questions. I especially like the second question, but we'll start with your first question. Okay. Um, so uh, we feel that uh, the character packs are pretty balanced. Uh, it doesn't, when you first start playing with the character packs, it doesn't feel that way because uh, some are more difficult to play optimally than others. Like okay. basically uh, it doesn't take a lot of experience to play the fighter well because right. what it does is so straightforward. So, yeah. like, it's usually relatively easy to decide whether you need more damage or not, and you have access to that damage. Mm-hmm. And and like, it's it's easy to not get uh, you know tripped up by someone's champion because you you if you really need to, you can pretty much always get rid of your opponent's yeah. champion with the fighter. So the fighter really lends itself to uh, the correct line of play, even if you're not a super experienced hero player or you haven't played with character packs very much. Uh, the wizard takes a lot more subtlety and nuance because it's you know often difficult to decide, well, is it really the correct play here for me to use two of my gold mm-hmm. to instead of buying something to draw a card and on top of that lose one of my health? Like that, yeah. that that's a decision that requires a uh, you know a different level of thinking uh than the fighter's ability and right. the also the scrapping or sacrifice ability is a little more complex too because like with the fighter you can sacrifice and you just get a bunch of combat or with the wizard well you kind of want to set it up because like oh i can affect more than one champion so i gotta save it for the right moment to maximize the effect of the fireball mm-hmm. and 
also just the cards in the deck, like the fighters cards, you know, okay, they produce a lot of combat for the yeah. most part. Again, relatively easy to use combat well in a game like that. But with the wizard, like, oh, I want to com- combine these actions to draw a card and, you know, so basically, well, and I, you know, are... one other thing is I like I, I when it has the lowest health to me, that <coughs> indicated first look that white wizard figured that that was an especially powerful um, character pack. Um, that's part of it. Um, and, uh, we obviously, when we chose the health, we wanted to balance them all out, but we tried to create, make the wizard powerful enough to be able to give it the lowest health because that made sense flavor wise. Like it makes sense that a, a burly fighter in armor would have more health than a, you know, older wizard in robes or whatever type thing. Like just, just because, you know, in if you play role-playing games that have these sort of character classes, you would expect a fighter to have more hit points, per se, for example, yeah. than a wizard. So we felt okay. it made sense flavor-wise. So, yeah, when, uh, when we play, we do feel they're relatively balanced. But another thing is uh, it takes a while to learn some of the matchups. Like, so it, to play the wizard correctly against the fighter requires a different approach than playing the wizard correctly against, like, the thief or the ranger or That's- the and the fighter uh his strategy is pretty straightforward in all of the matchups mm-hmm. whereas like the wizard you have to learn each matchup individually and again you know that takes more time and more replaying so i think the more you play the different matchups and especially with the wizard the more uh, we hope it'll feel balanced to you but but cool. yes initially it's no surprise that they might feel unbalanced yeah. and and maybe that will never feel that way to you like we there's still plenty of people out there who think there's certain star realms cards that aren't balanced properly that we we do think are balanced properly like, <laughs> right. you know, and and that's part of the fun of it is having these sort of discussions and debates and like yeah. let's rank which characters are the best or which eight cost cards are the best or whatever you know. sure. i mean that's that's part of the fun but uh, absolutely but yeah we we d- definitely uh we we tested them a lot it, you know it's not it's not like we just <laughs> let wizards slip through and then we're back and like, oh, I can't believe we messed up. And yeah. it's not to say we don't ever make mistakes. Like the cutter's too good for a two-cost card. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like it just is. I mean, th- yeah. th- that's okay for a bunch of reasons. Uh, like, for example, uh, blue in the base set would not have been good enough if cutter was balanced correctly compared to mm-hmm. the other three factions. Uh, both players get a shot at cards in the trade row. So right. if the card's really powerful, like it's not the end of the world, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, we, we don't feel that way about the wizard, but, you know, I, I suppose it's possible we could change our mind down the road if we keep playing ourselves more. Yeah, but, that's cool. uh, but yeah. And I like the idea that maybe, you know, I, I'm going to think of wizard as like an advanced character pack. Yeah. And I'm going to train myself to just be <laughs> lethal playing wizard. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, I suppose, as, as far as your other question goes. Yeah. Uh, so um, when I, so I designed the base set for Hero Realms. And uh, my first pass did have uh, row scrapping in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rob, uh, who is the lead developer on the set, uh, he suggested we consider the possibility of not having row scrapping, Mm -hmm. um, in part because uh, for a beginning player, they actually find uh, row scrapping frustrating uh, because you're like, well, how? I mean, and frankly, Rob's like, even I, Rob Doherty, as an advanced sure. player, find row scrapping a little frustrating. Yeah, it is a little complicated. Because you're like, well, 
how do I know what the correct thing to scrap is? And so I could just scrap nothing, but then I'm frustrated because like, am I just giving up when I decide to scrap nothing? And does that make me bad at Star Realms that I didn't scrap anything? Mm-hmm. And uh, basically the, the, the big nice, the nice thing about row, there's a couple nice things about row scrapping. One of them is if for some reason the row stalled with a bunch of like seven and eights or whatever, and you had a battle blob, or I mean, excuse me, a battle pod, you could break it up, you know, or if let's say you don't have much buying in your deck, but you've got a lot of row scrapping, you can just keep going after the expensive stuff and still be able to buy things and be in the game. Like it can be, a, it can be a part of your strategy. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's an important part of star realms but you know rob was like well let's see if we can design you know hero so we don't need it and that hero lent itself to it uh in a couple ways one you start with more buying power in your starting deck than you do True. in star realms True. and uh fire gems are a little more exciting than uh explorers are because mm-hmm. they you know sacrifice for more combat um yeah. and uh you know we we the game just ramps up uh, fast enough that uh, quickly expensive things don't jam the row. The, you just want to see expensive things, you know. Right. And and also we like there being differences between star realms and hero realms, and m- making it so that there are ways it feels different. And one of the ways it feels different is there's no row scrapping. And and we, we in our experience it doesn't make the game worse, and in some ways makes the game better. Okay, cool. Fair enough points. All right, we'll kick back to a couple uh, very quick questions on Frontiers, and then we'll end the interview portion here. Well, um, you're not going to end the interview until I've you know, given something away, are, are you? Because I do. Well, I did, br- I did bring some, I did bring something to the table, but I'll let you well, ask I, your questions first. Yes, okay. So I, I have one preview that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demand if possible, and then oh, you can, you can <laughs> well, give up whatever luck. possible. Right. Um, so my first question is, the White Wizard Game Fair um, exclusive <coughs> playmat from this year, which is super, super cool, has this really awesome art that I'm guessing is some machine cult base or something. Can you tell us what that is? Um, so uh, I, I'm, I probably could, but uh, which 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 one are we talking about? Uh, this was, I think, the most recent White Wizard Game Fair um, exclusive, and it's very bright and like reddish orange, and it's got these sort of C-shaped. Um, ship almost bases in the middle that are like maybe repairing some smaller ships all right i'm gonna quick uh look through my art file on the so the issue is um i don't know which card you're referring to off the top of my head okay, yeah we, we we in part because we've already designed a ton of play mats since then okay and so i don't remember like which ones are public, which, you know, which one's the one you're referring to. Yeah, that's uh, but, but I certainly could look uh, through uh, the Frontiers art and see if there's something that matches up with what you're describing to me okay. and sure. try, and, try sure. and figure it out. Uh, let's see. So Frontiers. Um, okay. Well, what's the base look like again? Or well, it's, the... it's not just a single base. Yeah. It's like a bunch of these things, and they're sort of a C-shaped looking thing with some tentacle arms. But it looks machine culty to me, and they're maybe like repairing or docking some ships within them. All right, that's one possibility. Um, that's All right, so uh, I guess I don't want to guess because I don't want to mislead anyone. <laughs> sure. Um, I, 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 so I, I have to guess, but that, that's the sort of thing uh, I, you could uh, email me about, and I can easily find out uh, like right, tomorrow perfect. or something. And maybe right. next time you're doing uh, the mini cast, you yeah. can reveal the answer. Excellent. All right, fine. So on to the next question. Um, yep. The card 
art that I am the most excited about, the card probably just on the name and look alone that I'm most excited for is the Hive Queen, and I'm just dying to know these stats. Will you spoil something <laughs> on the mini guy? Hive Queen. Uh, no, but I, uh, do, I, did, I, did, uh, I did get authorized to spoil something else for you. All right, so why don't you, why don't you go to your spoilers? We're ready for that. All right, so um, if you backed the Frontiers Kickstarter, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be getting some promo cards as, like, stretch goals. Yep. And uh, there's a cycle of promo card with a new mechanic built in called docking. Docking. And uh, so basically there's, so there's one three cost ship for each faction that has docking. All right. So uh, there's a card called temple guardian with machine cult docking card called Imperial defender with star empire docking. A card called Freight Raft with Trade Federation docking, and a card called Sentinel with Blob docking. Mm-hmm. Now, if a card has docking, what it means is uh, if you have a base in play at the end of your turn of the faction of the ship that you've played that turn that has docking, when you draw your new hand, that ship goes to your hand as a sixth card. Right? Oh, very so, cool. so basically, um, uh, let's say I play Temple Guardian. Temple Guardian is a a machine cult card that costs three, mm-hmm. and it gives you either two trade or four combat. So you know, kind of like okay. a, a mini patrol mech. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then let's say I have uh, a machine base in play. At the end of my turn, I draw my five new cards, but instead of putting the Temple Guardian in the discard pile, it goes back to my hand. So I now have a six card hand, which is my five new cards plus the Temple Guardian. Super cool. And that stays in your hand even if the base is knocked out? Well, so they knock the base out, so that doesn't affect your hand. Then on your next turn, you play your six-card hand, but if you don't play a new red base, the Temple Guardian will go to your discard pile because it won't dock. Super exciting. Um, So uh, the Imperial Defender uh, is the Star Empire one, and it gives you one combat draw card. And mm-hmm. if you have docking, it goes back to your hand. Okay. The Sentinel, the blob one, gives you five combat. And if you have docking, it goes back to your hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Freight Raft gives you two trade and four authority. And it has docking. Oh, wow. Those are, those are pretty exciting. Especially that, uh, was that blob that does the five damage and docking? Yeah. Yes. That, uh, that, that, really that card's, yeah, that card's taken me down a few times. <laughs> and that, that kind of is, it, this is interesting how it might, reshape some of the cheap base strategy around colony wars sort of filling those things into your deck to try to ping off docking as much as possible right right so like if you were like not sure if you liked those cheap green bases because you just want to focus on those high combat value ships and blobs well here's another reason why maybe you should pick up those bases fantastic well darwin we're going to end the interview portion here i so appreciate you coming on and if you're still up for it i'll call you back in a minute and we'll do a playthrough all right sounds good all right buddy take care take care okay wow big thanks to darwin castle for coming on uh awesome awesome spoilers there a lot of great stuff uh, let's talk about this docking for a minute. This is a cool mechanism that I've seen before in Dominion um, where you can basically trigger off some really repeatable, awesome powers. And these are interesting cards. It looks like each one, while it costs three, is going to 
essentially mimic a two-cost card, uh, it mimic the primary ability of a two-cost card without its ally ability. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Temple Guardian is essentially a patrol bot with docking without the ally ability to scrap because it gives you two bucks or four attack <clears throat> and it has docking instead of the faction for scrap. Imperial Defender is going to give you one combat and draw. It's a Corvette. So that's another two-cost card that it's mimicking, but no um, ally for additional combat. We have the Freight Raft. I'm pretty sure. It sounded like he said Freight Rat. Freight Raft, uh, and this is mimicking the primary ability of a Cutter. Um, two and four. Two bucks, four authority, no ally for combat. But it has docking instead and costs three. And finally, the Sentinel, I suppose, is a War Kite. Five attack. Uh, Sentinel would be the two-cost card giving you five combat from green that this is mimicking, but it doesn't have the scrap ability for more. Am I missing something? Is there another blob card at two that does five damage? I can't think of it. Battle Pod is four. You'll let me know. Um, all of those sound really cool. I'm very excited about the Freight Raft possibilities. Whoa. You could just be healing four repeatedly, um, especially if you get some of these some of these sneaky blue bases that hide out behind other ones. Um, I think Sentinel is going to be huge if you can buy these little green bases and just ping that off over and over and just pop it out for 555, keep docking with your friendly bases. Imperial Defender seems like the weakest one. One combat and a draw is not major. It's sort of like having a frontier fleet, but not as good. Mm. Patrol Bot, definitely awesome. Two bucks is a big deal. Or the flexibility for four attack. Uh, huge fan of these cards. Can't wait to play with them. Can't wait to play with more. Let's see. There's even more content with Darwin Castle. We recorded a live play. That will be on air probably tomorrow. I hope you check out the episode from the Star Realms Grand Prix. That was a tremendous tournament finale. Um, big props to the winner there. I won't spoil it. And uh, we'll probably have an episode soon talking about this docking. All righty. Call into the show, let me know your thoughts, reply on Facebook. I'll see you next time, and until then, I'll see you on the realms.